So happy to be back. I'm happy you are back, buddy. Boom. <laughs> Everybody, Howie Mandel here. This is Howie Mandel does stuff. I'm sitting here with the lovely um, Jacqueline Schultz, no, your I daughter. T- I was talking about Lou, um, Lou Dinos, and uh, oh, you're also here, Jacqueline Schultz, my co-host, my daughter, and uh, my illustrious guest on this episode. Illustrious. Uh, wh- what? Illustrious. Are you illustrious, Rob? <laughs> it felt good. I don't. I don't know why she questioned it. it felt good. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Rob Deerdick is is here, but I heard Lou talking to him before the show, and you said. Glad to have you back, Mr. Drydick. Drydick. Dry- Dry- yeah. <laughs> and believe I'm it or not. to be respectful. What? Look, believe it or I not, as, Mr. As, as odd as it is, because the name is D-Y-R, a lot of people's brains refuse to believe that's how it would be spelled, so they flip the Y and the R automatically. You know, you said it wrong, Lou. Oh, I did not know that. What I, is it, how do I say it? I'm, no, it, no, let, let him say it that way, Mr. Drydick. Yes, it, and look, I'm so used to it, I took it with the same amount of joy as I would just a normal pronunciation. To even the score, He wasn't even trying to be funny. I think uh, that he legitimately thought it was your name, and the fact that I commented on how he said your name, he was commenting on the fact I called him Mr. because I wanted to... <laughs> Respectful. Be respectful. Yeah. And to even the score, he can call me Luke. No, but you don't understand. If you want to be respectful, it's yeah. not the mister. It's it's pronouncing his name correctly <laughs> yeah. is is Look, what makes it respectful. But when you spend 47 years of mispronunciations, you just roll with it. I took the mister. It felt good. Yeah, well, you felt are respectful. And, but what did you do with the dry dick? <laughs> I, I mean, look, you can't do much with it. Did, <laughs> did people used to call you that? In, uh, no, no, no. no pr- primarily, uh-huh. dear dick. Dear dick. Dear right? Dick. Since it's said dear dick, like it would be. So I get memes all the time. It's like zoom in, and as you like, it's like a deer, and as you zoom in, then it's just like me as the dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's Which, better. That's better than we had. Um, you Tony just gave- Hawk. Jeremy, what? you just gave Jeremy, uh, um, Jeremy will have that on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It. It's a great one. What it's were you a talking great about? One. I was going to say that's better, though, than we had Tony Hawk on here, and he told us that uh, kids used to call him Bony Cock. That was his Yeah, name. yeah, that, that, so. it flows, though. But yeah. You know what I mean? When it deer flows. Deer dick is better. Deer don't have dick, right? Yes, they do. No, no they don't. Those. This would be getting beyond no, my <laughs> my nature ability, but I assume they procreate with something that is at least. No, but isn't a deer the female deer? A d- that's uh, a doe. doe. A doe deck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but isn't oh, the, man, isn't start it, changing my like any doe, female in the family deer, has to be a doe deck. A female deck. deer. A doe has a, is a female deer. Yes. Right. Oh, yes. but a deer does have a dick. Yeah. They can. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's move on to more important things. <laughs> Rob, I'm but so is there is there anything more important than the deer and the dick? No. Yeah. Is that your philosophy? I got to tell you, Rob, that you are probably one of the most surprising people I ever met. And I met you by accident. Those people who listen or watch our podcast will know that I went and uh, and we use it now as our promo, oh, n- knocking on the door of your. Um, television show you just work next door and uh, ridiculousness and i i said you want to come next door and do the podcast and you were gracious enough to um, say yes yeah and you showed up and I, you know that's what i knew you from i i knew you from as a skater i knew i know you from mtv 
Yeah. I knew nothing about you. Yeah, yeah. And then I learned in the 10 minutes or 15 minutes that you were on the show that you are this amazing kind of uh, productive philosopher of life and business. And that just blew me away. Who is, and I don't want to embarrass you, but you know, you're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't think that's embarrassing. Are yeah. you proud of that? I am actually. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. With not a formal education, which quit high school. Quit high school. I know. And you kind of explained to us that your mother, even though you you end up on CNBC and business uh, shows talking about, you know, how one could maybe follow in these footsteps. She goes, you have to say you quit high school? That's embarrassing. But mom, I got hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. That was a great story. But when did you, as a kid, did you, what did you aspire to do? Obviously you aspired to be a skater. You left and went to Europe. Did you, do you have a plan? Yeah. I mean, I think early on it was like really ambitious, just sort of locked in on like, I'm going to be a professional skateboarder and move to California. Right. That was like the plan from like 13 on. And I think I just got so committed and got so good and that, you know, I was validated. Right. So even though it was a dream, I kept getting validated. I would get sponsored. Then then I would. But you said really your well first sponsorship concert. was what? Your first sponsorship was not you, money. No, 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 not no, real no, money. No, no, you're just being like you get free product. You know what I mean? You got to right. understand. When I turned pro, I still made only the boards that I sold, and I only sold one board my first year of being a pro skateboarder in December, and I got a check for two dollars. You know? What wow! I, mean? I was guaranteed a thousand dollars to a month to move to California when I was seventeen, and I felt like I had won the lottery. It was like you are you wait 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 what guaranteed a thousand a month I'm out of here moved to San Diego rich rich when I got there were you able to live at a thousand dollars a month yeah I mean look to give you more context to, to my mother's sort of point of view of this whole thing I moved in with these four girls and when I told my mom oh wow already. I got like hey I got this amazingly cheap apartment I'm moving in with these four girls she's like oh my god you're gonna have AIDS <laughs> Swear to God, first reaction, right? I'm like, AIDS? Like, what? Like, what? what are we talking about here? You know what I mean? Like, that was, uh, you know. Who are these four girls? I was actually a, a, a friend of mine's that was a pro skateboarder's sister and her room, or sister and all her roommates had an extra room. So that's who I ended up moving out Do with. Do you know these girls today? Oh, man, I haven't seen them in years. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't even recognize them if I uh, even saw them. I mean, we're talking. You know, if I was 17, so 30 years ago, man. You don't crazy. remember anybody from 30 years ago? Your mother you've known for 47. I, I mean, look, and I, I, I still got to put together some of those memories. You know, it's, it's, but yeah, no, I don't, I, you know, I kind of have a little bit, but I almost look at like my, I've done so much and I do so much that I have to specifically focus on retaining moments that I know I want to carry forever so that I'm hyper aware of it because otherwise I'm just living at such a pace that I will tend to, uh, which is a gift and a curse, forget about a lot of things from the past. You know? So, well, and, and we'll talk about that a little later. That's why you bought a time machine. Yeah. So you can go back and remember those moments. Wait, I, I want to ask you something, though. You were saying that you kept moving forward with skateboarding because you were getting the validation, whether it was just the sponsorships or $1,000 to move out here. If you didn't get that validation, do you think you would have continued skateboarding? It wasn't just something that you wanted to do regardless of what happened? 
Well, I think it's still, it's the passion, your goal is to become a professional skateboarder, right? There's sort of these steps that have to happen, right? You have to be validated by a skate shop. I got sponsored by a skate shop. Then you need to be validated by a factory company and be sponsored by a factory company. Then you've got to perform in contests and then they have to eventually invite you to turn pro, right? That's sort of the process. So if you can imagine all that happened between age 11 and 16, and if somewhere along that way, way along that route like even though this is my dream and my passion like would i've continued doing it if i if i didn't get it validated like i don't know it's hard to say because you you're in ohio you feel the pressure of like oh you should go to school you gotta like you gotta like build an education you gotta figure out what your career is you know i was still i like to say i grew up in a fixed mindset household with a fixed mindset uh, went to a fixed mindset school it with fixed mindset parents where it's like you have one route to like find a successful life and you have to break out of that when you're a young child you know but or or not you yeah, know or or like be in ohio making my mom so happy that i'm like you <laughs> but know but you could be in accountant. ohio and have a great job as an accountant and do, there are yeah. people that are satisfied with that and then yeah. it's i'm always fascinated by the people who aren't fascinated uh, who, who aren't content i'm yeah. using the wrong word who aren't content with whatever that path is yeah so you broke that path you're here and you're getting a thousand dollars a month you're living with four girls avoiding yeah. aids yeah what's the next step yeah i mean look i think at that point it really began to accelerate because when i got um, I had lived in Ohio up to that point, and I had built sort of a reputation, but it wasn't till I was in the epicenter of the skate culture in, in San Diego did I did the industry sort of take note of like, wow, this guy's really talented. Let's steal him from this company in Ohio. Because I turned pro for a company that was based out of uh, informed in Dayton, Ohio, right? So that there's a skateboard company in Dayton, yeah, Ohio. Look, I, you know, to to believe it or not, it was the only the 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 company that I was sponsored by in GNS in San Diego. The guys who ran it moved back to Dayton, Ohio, because there was a skateboarding distribution company there, and they formed the Alien Workshop. I helped name it when I was 16 years old because of the Project Blue Book of reengineering alien technology and little alien workshops and hangar 18 in Dayton, Ohio is why we called it the alien workshop. And, um, that is who I turned pro for in this small upstart startup, uh, in Dayton, Ohio. And so when I got to California, all the big companies in, in California tried to buy me away. Who was giving you a thousand dollars to move to California? Alien workshop. Yeah. They committed to give me a thousand. And why San Diego? I know Tony Hawk's from San Diego, but I would think the epicenter for, uh, skateboarding was either Venice or Marina del Rey. Yeah, right. I mean, I think I think Los Angeles was a little too spread out. Almost like all of the core companies in skateboarding were either in San Francisco or in San Diego. Almost all of them. Uh, so it was much more. Even though LA eventually went on to like grow into like a skate capital, at that time it was still San Diego or San Francisco. Really, but yeah. wasn't Z Boys and Dogtown Z stuff? They were like Venice and Marina Venice Del and Rey. Marina Del Rey. Yeah. That's like, what so. So if it was born here, the industry didn't grow here the same way, right? Like for some reason, for whatever reason, and it's funny. Like even as you question me right now, I'm like, why is this? <laughs> how, how did that happen? They invented it in Venice. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, like for whatever reason, I, I, I just think as you know, it's it's the type of people that were involved in it 
um, tended to kind of clump together and it's a very skater owned and driven sort of world where uh, the actual skaters went connected with business people and built skateboard companies in the early industry and I think because they were all in the same area uh, they kind of helped each other if you will I think that's why San Diego specifically got so big so you're moving out to San Diego you're living with four ladies you're getting a thousand dollars a, a that's month the first thing I did I bought a brand new Honda Civic. Wow. Man, crazy buyer's remorse when I left the lot. I'm like, can I even, this is $284 a month. What am I doing? <laughs> oh, wait, you bought it and on time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Honda Civic, 284. It felt good? It felt good. Yeah. My first excessive purchase, a little over my skis, you know. Good on gas, I'm betting. These yeah, days, well, right? I mean, it's shoot, probably it like, really, because like, I, I, if I can just say, I, I, to save money today, I walked to the Chevron. Yeah, which makes sense. <laughs> it really does. So, 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 okay, so now you bought a car, and then what is it? And, and the goal in your mind, because I'm fascinated with how your mind works, and we'll get into, like, the philosophies, but you're still a young guy. Do you ever feel like, okay, and you, you drive off the lot, and you go, I've arrived. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Do you have a path? At that point, do you have a mindset, like, Okay, I'm here, but this is what I want to do. Because you're already, you said, I want to be a pro skater. I want to leave Ohio. You're a pro skater. You left Ohio. You got a car. You're getting a, a paycheck. What do you want to do with that? Well, you got to understand, I, I, like, the other side of my life is I was raised by entrepreneurs, right? So the guy who started the Alien Workshop was a 19-year-old serial entrepreneur who owned the skate shop that I made a call to when I was 11 years old who had a ramp in the backyard and said, if I get 10 people to pay, can I skate for free? And he's like, what? Like, why don't you just come down here? We'll let you skate. And then, Who is this person? His name is Jimmy George. And then he, I skated that ramp and that's he was the first person to be like, if that's the first time you skated a ramp, then you are have a lot of potential. I didn't know what the word meant, but they sponsored me by the skate shop right there from a cold call to being allowed to skate for free to skating once to then them sponsoring me on the spot. So that's really when it really You had never started. skated a ramp before? Never. Because there was no ramps in Ohio. That was the only one. At so the you were skate a street shop. skater. Right. Street skater. And, and really even those are mini ramps. So not like Tony Hawk style ramps. But if you can imagine, then I watched him start company after company. Then when I turned pro, it was for the alien workshop where they all came back and built a company with him. So I thought the, really the first thing I was going to do is start a company. So no sooner did I move to San Diego than I then I put together the five best skateboarders in the world and and came up with a concept called Orion Aluminum. And then I went to one of the local manufacturers in San Diego and pitched them this concept of building a company with me and that I had these five best skateboarders in the world that would be on the team. And that's when I launched my first company at 17. So what I, was that? And that's called what? Orion Aluminum. It was and a truck company, like the skateboard truck. Just the truck, just like yeah. the wheels underneath. That yeah, no wheels, just the metal part that hold the wheels and goes to the wood, like the accessory, if you will. So that was like the very first. Because in my mind, I watched all these people create all these companies all these these years. But wasn't weren't they just skateboard companies where you buy a skateboard? Like yeah, oh, they're fashion brands, and some were clothing brand or some were skateboard brands. There was a skate shop. I watched them do skateboard contests. Like, but just the truck seems to be so myopic. It's so like yeah. It, it, 
and that makes a difference in the rye? Like, did you did you have an idea for how you wanted to manufacture it to make it better and stand out? I, I did. Does that but, make sense? Yeah. You, yeah, it, but that's a stupid question, Dad. No, that's a smart question. No, it's Dad. not. It's stupid. Why? Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> no, I mean, he's I don't right. Know, you got to innovate. You got to create know. white space to have a successful business. But I'm you saying I, mean? I, I agree with you. I'm saying that, like, I don't know anything about I'm not a skateboarder. But, yeah. like, any sport. I was just in a tennis store yesterday, and I saw some woman come in that was so specific about the strings on, like, the racket. Yeah. And anyone like me would be like, what? It doesn't make a difference. But I think if you're really into any sport, every yeah little aspect of it makes a huge difference yeah. right including the trucks and, and look it does well then it, i am stupid i did yeah. i just think that as a 17 year old boy i think yeah. how can i get a skateboard or i'm gonna make my own skateboard yeah well i already had my signature skateboard right so when you turn pro you get your, you get your own alien workshop signature skateboard so i had that and then really I looked at like what's my opportunity to create a business, right? And I couldn't create something that conflicted with the Alien Workshop and the boards. And I was sponsored by another uh, truck company. And I looked at the opportunity to really it was a marketing play over innovation play where I had the five best skateboarders in the world. And then we all got pieces of the company. And then I put the whole thing together and built that company, the first company that I built. What's how, amazing to me is how did you get the five best skateboarders in the world to come follow you, who's 17 years old at the time? I'm sure they had other opportunities coming. That's a stupid question. Yeah. That's yeah. A <laughs> 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 uh, a Never mind. I'm going to shut up. Because the five, I'll, I, and answer me if I'm right, the yeah. five best skateboarders are all around 17 years old. And if you yeah. say, let's get together, yeah. let's, uh, let's uh, uh, approach this company, and we can all own a piece of. <laughs> yeah. 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 that every time we ask a question, we're both just answering for each other. Uh, can I be honest with you, Jackie? You're an idiot. You're, you're an oh, idiot, Dad. <laughs> All right, oh, go on. man, you guys are so lucky. You okay. guys are so lucky. So that you got this uh, truck. Uh, yeah, so so again, look, it, it was, but you are correct. It was like, I was sort of the, the lead. I was like the business mind of the young skate culture. So it was sort of like they all believed in the ideas and and this went on for years right even when i you know when i launched my professional skateboarding league i basically built the nba of skateboarding and i signed every single one of the best skateboarders in the world to exclusive contracts and decimated the x games and do tour and all the big tours in, in in one week and people couldn't understand like how that was possible like how would these guys not sign them exclusively to not be in something as big as the x games but the truth is is it's a very peer-led culture, and at the end of the day, like anything that's by skater for skater is always going to get the skaters into it above anything else. But and didn't you want? Didn't skaters say, "Well, I don't want to go against"? It's like the WWE, you know. You don't want to. Yeah, but there's no one. There's nobody controlling it, you know. And it's why, if, believe it or not, in the that X Games era are too, controlled. No, they're no, owned. no, nobody cares. Nobody, no, no skateboarders don't worry about any of that stuff. They would do, some of them would do, but not all of them. Like when I started my league, the top 15 skateboarders on the earth, probably four or five skated in the X Games. Tony Hawk did, right? Yeah, yeah, but Tony wasn't a street skater. This was, this was a street uh, called Street League Skateboarding, so it was only streets. So it was sort of, and it was a little bit like past his sort of time, you know what I mean? Right. This was in 2010. So you, uh, so let's let's take it step by step because I want to find out how you got that way. So the truck yep. industry took off. That that company did well. It did okay. You know what I mean? It you was still a, own it? Uh, no, no, God forbid. 
Why? Uh, you know, I mean, it's still in business. You know, it's it's a testament to my ability to create a brand that lasts forever. Uh, but <laughs> I'm, uh, but like, it was too. You should was, patent humbleness. Yeah, it was. <laughs> no, look, it's not. It's it's it was too small of an opportunity at the end of the day. You did you I mean? sell it? I did not. I did not. I eventually just like gave it back to the guys that the manufacturing partner that that we had done the deal with, and and that was that. What was and, next? And because really what had happened is I was given an opportunity to do a signature shoe for DC shoes, like sort of an upstart uh, footwear brand. And that that's really what changed everything because, you know, we were basically wearing Nikes when we didn't skate. And then um, we would have these kind of flat, dumpy skate shoes. Right. And so DC's sort of vision was creating the world's first athletic skate shoes. And I and my first signature shoe um the the Rob Deck one, uh, it it exploded the company, right? How'd so, you come up with that name? Ah, uh, you know what I mean. Um, this this wave of signature products, but it felt amazing. You know, you're yeah. 20 years old, and now you have like you're like Jordan, right? You right. have a signature shoe, but it really was the first like that exploded, and then now when you say exploded, what kind of money do you make from having a well, signature shoe? Yeah, I'm saying in that era, you know, I was making you know two or three hundred thousand a year, which was just, just from the shoe. Yeah, so I went from you know making forty, fifty thousand to all of a sudden three hundred thousand, and it was like wow. Uh, and then it's like taxes what <laughs> like, are you still driving the honda uh mm-hmm. eventually i transitioned to the audi you know what i mean and right I, and i bought a rolex right i was really starting to like show my show my balling i don't know if a honda is good in gas but don't do what i did i put <laughs> diesel in my car because it's cheaper mm-hmm. it's not they had to drain the gas tank mm-hmm. they uh, it's cost so much more so st- even though it's a cheaper price, mm-hmm. don't put diesel in your car like I did. It's okay. a great lesson. It's a it great lesson. For who's who? here for the lesson? <laughs> <laughs> right. So so okay. So you you, you launch your first shoe line. You're making two hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Do you are you good at uh, investing? Like do you save it or are you a spender? Yeah. No. I was I was living check to check. Now you know what I mean. It was just even you know, at two hundred thousand. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't saving any money. I, I didn't understand money. So what, what were I mean? you splurging on? What were you? you know, like getting a nicer condo, you know, I, I bought my first house, like, you know, I had a couple cars, like I just, I didn't, in, and I really started like pushing like the envelope as creating businesses i did record labels and skate you did a record label yeah like i was doing like all different types of random things because again i'm i was uneducated i didn't understand money i thought i knew it all and then i just figured i would just keep starting more companies and do more things and that i would eventually one of these things would blow up and make me really rich is really kind of like what i what's the first thing that you started that blew up none of them not one of them (laughs) Well, something had to. You're here today. Yeah, no, you know, I'm saying like I I really didn't. I'm 47 years old. Right. I didn't. I had made and lost millions and millions of dollars before I uh, understood money. I don't think I really learned money till I was about 40. Seven years ago. Yeah. You did the record company. Was there anything Did anything chart? No, no, God forbid. It was all underground hip hop. Um, and it was, you know, a DJ Gray Boy out of San Diego. He was the producer. We put out a couple albums. I funded the whole thing. Uh, never made a dime back. You okay. Know I mean? 
So so now you're spending your money, you're living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And then was the first thing that kind of uh, um you got a TV show? Was that the was that the first thing? Yeah, well, your, no, I mean the first your, thing your that I did to really make a lot of money like in that era is I did a deal with DC Shoes um to basically design footwear for them. And so the way their process would work is the designers would present to the sales team and then the sales team would pick the shoes that they wanted to go into the line. So I made a deal with DCSA. Hey, let me be part of the design process. But if they pick my shoes, I just want a royalty of 2% on the shoes that get picked from from my designs and they were like sure why not and so i would go into those sales meetings with the most like next level presentation and design and razzle dazzle the sales team and at one point i had a third of the entire line and so wait what is your background in designing what do you know about design i don't know anything i just taught myself to design <laughs> shoes right and so then You're i like went the through kanye the, west of skateboarding yeah so i really <laughs> went through but i mean at one point you know I, and and then and, and eventually quicksilver came in and bought uh dc shoes and they're like why is one of the skaters getting 1.2 million dollars in royalties right and and they're like oh well we let him like design shoes and <laughs> give a royalty and they when they acquired the company they deaded it right so what you mean they killed it they didn't yeah. they didn't want you anymore yeah because they're like the designer makes like 70 grand a year we're paying rob a million dollars and he's not even a designer and here's the here's the here's the part that's not fair is i would just go in and razzle dazzle they would choose my my um, shoe design, then I would give it to the designer who then had to go make, do the spec for it and go to China and do the entire thing and bring it back to me. Like the actual designer who I was competing with still had to do all the work. Oh, so you didn't. So you're just a salesman. That's it. I yeah. was just. <laughs> so, so give me an example of what, how do you razzle dazzle somebody about a shoe? Like, what do you, what do you well, say? No, I, well, what I, well, I would go through and I'd create an entire thesis on the design and then I would hand, do full hand sketches and then put them in Illustrator and do all the colorways and I'd do sort of a trend analysis it was super Wait. sophisticated how i approached it um and then i would hit you with that razzle dazzle but you, what do you know about designing or even <laughs> illus uh, illustrating you know I, I just taught myself all of it and i think that's probably the deepest running theme in, throughout my life is i just you know constantly evolved and grew and taught myself all aspects of everything that i would get into like i wouldn't know how to put a shoe design on a laptop right now yeah how do you do that you just well really it, was I just, there an app I, it, no i just asked how the designers were doing it and just sort of like they taught me like their process you know what and I mean? then you would go in and say here's the idea i want to yeah, but I would like I would go a little bit deeper in, in the sense of looking at like shoes that were trending in the market and how this was like an evolved version and how this innovation uh, would be appealing to this group. Like I was pretty like it was a lot of layers dimension to, to the way that I would pitch it is why I sold. So, so when they were bought, you're making one point two million dollars a year from that. Yeah. And then they negate you. They fire you. After they sold the company, but they gave me a payout as part of the acquisition of the company. And at that time, I had just sold Robin Big to MTV. And so I designed, I took the very best selling shoe and said, okay, you can take all of these. I want this and I want a 10% royalty because I'm about to be on TV. And then when it got on TV, when I got, when, when Robin Big hit MTV, 
like then everything, all my signature products exploded. But that shoe that I knew was already uh, going to be a huge seller. Then I made, you know, I was making four or five million a year off just that one. Just the shoe. shoe. Yeah. What about the TV show? Was the TV show a big? It's MTV. I don't think they pay huge. Well, no. In the beginning, I was getting like, you know, I don't know, 15 grand an episode season one. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're not paying like, especially back then, you're not paying like two first time random people. But that was and you and it was at your uh, in your in your warehouse. No, that one was in my house. Robin Big was at my house, and you got and look, I saw what happened. And who are the other guys? It was just myself, uh, Big Black, my cousin, and then two of Big 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 Black's friends and our dog Meaty. Uh, but I'm you got to understand at that time I saw what happened to Bam Margera's signature product. Uh, from being on Jackass, right? So it had just blown. I don't know what happened with it. It exploded. Like he was like selling more product than any other skateboarder there was without being necessarily like a top tier pro skater. So when I renegotiated, but before the show launched, I renegotiated all of my deals for higher royalties and lower uh, set fees. Right. And then I just made millions when the show exploded. I bet on myself that this platform would do it. So then, okay, I made millions off of, of my signature products when I did Fantasy Factory. Which was I, your place. You, which, bought, yeah, you bought a warehouse. Which is my warehouse I had in downtown. They, at the time, then they're like, you know, we'll give you 125 grand an episode to either do a fourth season of Robin Big or your own show. So I wrote my own show and said the only way I would do it if I own the integrated marketing. So then I now own the platform. So then I sold millions and millions of, of dollars of deals to Microsoft and Chevy and Monster and DC and everybody. Wait, the sales department gave you the... The integration? Because they didn't, it was still a little early. They didn't, it was still this gray area where nobody, it was before sort of Bethany Frankel's like skinny girl and like the Jersey Shore came out and all them. It was right before all that. So I was able to own it contractually. So I was now selling my own airtime for millions of dollars that MTV had no control over. Right, and but that you didn't get uh, pushback from the sales department at MTV. They couldn't this. because I own the rights. I wouldn't do that. It was in contractually. I own the rights. But say I'm just throwing out a, a, a name. Say Ford. You got a deal with Ford, and you I did were a gonna... deal. I did a deal with Chevy. Okay. I I was the only person ever to flip a car, barrel roll car, ramp to ramp on a front wheel drive car. It was for the season premiere of season three of Fantasy Factory and a Super Bowl commercial, and I sold all of that directly to Chevy not okay and they paid you what I'm saying is at the network the the sales department then does that not close the door to them to Ford you know does Ford want to have a commercial on a show that is flipping a Chevy no right so you're you're tying the hands of the sales department and the whole way that a network makes money is by selling advertising correct so they kind of changed the rule because you can't do that anymore they own the integration so you they changed the rules because of you yeah, I'm saying like like I was the last person to slip it in there because they were like the way I did the contract too is like if it was integrated into the story of the show and that I had 100% approval of the integration of the story into the show. And so I, – but I also said, hey, if you guys want me to, to create a show for something – we can do that too. So they were like, all right. It felt like a give and take only if, unless 
the you know they would come to me with an, someone unless they wanted to pay me on the side I would say no not do it I would only do deals with people that paid me first and then if they wanted to do a deal with the network second they could do that you know wow so you probably made a fortune on that show I did why'd you stop doing the show Oh, I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, I was getting attacked by tigers and getting towed into waves and breaking world records, jumping cars backwards. It was like so stunt intensive and, and just, you know, it would take me six months to shoot 10 episodes where it takes me, you know, uh, you know, a few hours to shoot six episodes today for something like ridiculousness, you know? So you just felt like, so, but you, so you ended it, not the network. Yeah. Well, I mean, initially I ended it, we had our season finale and then part of like an extended deal for ridiculousness at that time, they said they would give me like a guarantee pickup of like 60 episodes if I'd commit to another season of fantasy factory so it was ridiculousness like, was going at the same time yeah so ridiculousness yeah they they were um now they, i was doing both of them at the same time so i actually sold them both at the same at the exact same time they bought I, two shows from you at one yeah, time because originally i i read the article like in 2007 of vinnie de bona's 500 million dollar global syndication of america's funniest home videos and was like man like i need to make that i need i should just make the cool version of america's funniest home videos and i took a one-hour episode of america's funniest home videos stripped it down to just the good videos made a little compilation and just had like my Xbox controller and went in and, and did the show almost exactly how I do the show of like trying to show that, hey, there's like a opportunity for this type of content at a much higher, cooler pace. And so they picked them up both at the same time, but they would only pay me 30000 for ridiculousness and they were going to give me 125000 per episode for Fantasy Factory. And I just didn't want to do them both at the exact same time. So once we shot... Fan, the first season of Fantasy Factory, then we shot Ridiculousness after that. And now, you know, Ridiculousness has become, I think that's the network. It's it's the yeah. Ridiculousness. It's <laughs> Catfish and Ridiculousness all yeah. the time, all day. And I, I, I was lucky enough, you, you invited me on and I went there. And I, I got to say that I was blown away by the well-oiled machine, as he said on the last time, that, you know, as is, is many episodes as you do, he told us you shared that it's like 4% of your time. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So I went in, I walked in, I walked right onto the set. They said, roll. I was out of there. It's a, it's a half hour show. Is yeah. it? Yeah. I think I was out of there in, in 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. You know? we, we, I think that day we, it was 31. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe you know, 31. I time all of them. You know what I mean? But boy, what an amazing guest you were, man. I can't I, I, thank you enough. I, I was wonderful. You were amazing. <laughs> no, no I'm, I was just thinking about how good I was. Look at us, two humble guys getting together. No, I mean, have you ever had a guest like me? I am fucking brilliant. Man, look. Sometimes look, my... Sir, hey, certainly, one, not even joking, one of the best guests, without a doubt. So why didn't you ask me back? Well, well, <laughs> didn't we just shoot like a couple of weeks ago? But look, I will be. I want you to tell, want you to know emotionally, when I came out <laughs> singing. You know, no, I don't play by the rules of the game. And you were like, bah! I thought you were giving me the golden buzzer. 
for real. And yeah. I and I was like, you gave me the golden buzzer just like Grace. And you were like, oh, no, like you're that was terrible. You know what I mean? You, it right. hurt me. I'm sorry. It hurt me. Aww. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I thought, I so thought, what made him a good guest if he hurt your feelings? Well, a lot, hey, most look. guests won't hurt him. <laughs> he feels nothing. I think 90% of the time when you're doing the show, you're just a numb, yeah, empty yes. vessel of humanity. Yes, that's it. And yeah. then I just push just. the button. So, okay. So now you're, you, you also have like other businesses and other like, and, and, and your, your, your family is just stunning. You're, uh, how did you meet your wife? Twitter. No, you didn't. Yeah. Are really? You, really? Did she slide into your? Are you no, saying no, Are you I saying Twitter in. or are you saying Tinder? Twitter, Twitter. Yeah, it was before Tinder. You know what I mean. How do you meet somebody on? You slid into her DM. Oh, I, I did. Don't... I did. I did. But how do you even see? People don't really put pictures on Twitter. <laughs> this was like before Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, and this was, you know, I that month she was like um, Miss September and Playboy in 2013. And I just followed her, actually. Like, I didn't even, like... Wait, 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 wait. But because of... That's right. That's right. I'm like, this... Playboy. This is who I'm meant to be with. I'm not even kidding. That's you had how, bought the magazine? Yeah. Like, that's how, like... And, and the truth of the story was, I woke up that morning and was like, I am meant to marry a playmate. And I'm like, okay, who are the latest playmates? And then th she was September of that month, and I swear to God, I just was like, this is who I'm meant to marry. And it... I just followed her. She screenshot it and said, hello, new friend. And it's like, whoa, 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 what are we doing here? You know what I mean? And then, like, <laughs> like in her sort of profile, like, it was her dream to swim with sharks and pet a tiger. And I'm like, I think this is amazing because I've been attacked by both. Wow. Um, that wow. I could probably be your life coach. And then, <laughs> you know, then as I'm like... Like, you know, uh, it goes to texting, right? Right. And then I'm like, um, it's time to set a date. You know, I'm like, do you want to set a date? You know, like, let's meet. We never oh, talked on the phone. To meet. And so she, I'm like, you want to get together on Friday? She's like, what do you want to do? I looked through like her, like all of her posts and she was posting about like a a uh, kennel in like Riverside that was going to euthanize all the dogs. And I'm like, oh, Riverside's like two and a half hours from here. I said, why don't we get a helicopter and go to Riverside and rescue some puppies? And oh my uh, a half hour later, <laughs> she's like, she's like, sure. And I'm like, what? See, Alex, what? my son is listening. And yeah. He's like, signal. <laughs> he's like that's his next date. <laughs> Look, so then I had to get a helicopter and I never even met, I never even talked to her on the phone, right? It was like, it was like an episode of Catfish. It was like, man, we like, is this like a double episode? But you it, had the magazine. You had the yeah, Playboy But magazine. I don't know. I mean, you just, you never know. You know what I mean? Right. Like in the, this in is the, all in September you did this? Yeah, this is all in a week's time. So on the, I'm driving to go pick her up and I'm like, I'm like, or, I'm, or the week I'm going in, she she posts about Dayton, Ohio, and I'm like, "Are you, are like, what do you have connected to Dayton, Ohio, where I'm born and raised?" Oh, she's I thought like, she was talking about you. I'm no, dating Ohio. No, and she's like, "Oh my, that's where my 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 entire mom's family's from. My mom lives there with my brother right now." And I'm like, "Oh my god, this is destiny." Right. So I've always had this like feeling that I was meant to marry someone connected to Hawaii. Right. Don't know why. Hawaii. 
Hawaii, right? This really how random. We, how are we getting from Ohio? I, look, I don't know. So <laughs> I'm going to pick her up, right? I still haven't talked to her on the phone. And I'm like, I got a helicopter waiting in Van Nuys, you know, a block from here. I'm like going to pick her up. I'm like, don't even care about Hawaii. Why are you even thinking this? What does that even mean? This is Why is this even inside you? This is so random. Say hello. Super awkward. She gets in my fancy, you know, fan, you know, I pick her up in the Ferrari trying to be like, you know, this is how we roll out here. We're going to get the helicopter. She sits down. I don't even have 10 seconds of conversation. I asked, do you have any connection to Hawaii? And she's like, oh, um, I'm, I, um, I guess my, my sister lives there with my grandparents right now. And I'm like, oh, that, that's pretty solid. That's solid. That's so I'm like, well, let's for children. sure, this is who I'm meant to marry. So then we're up in this helicopter. And then she begins to tell me a story that she is a, that she was like diagnosed with a, um, rare blood disease called aplastianemia and that she was given six months to live when she was 10 and that all she wanted to do was swim with dolphins and she went and make a wish uh, granted her her wish to go swim with dolphins and she went and swam with dolphins in Hawaii and when she swam with the dolphins she told herself that she wasn't going to let herself die and that she was going to experience things like this forever and Man, I could have shed a tear on the spot. And I'm like, this is my wife. You know what I mean? And and literally from like that point forward, like I have just had this extraordinary, amazing, incredible existence. How long before you got married from that date? Oh, like a year, year and a half. So September That's again. <laughs> yeah, I got married That's in September. <laughs> got married September did 19th. You, did yeah. you really? Yeah. And then and and now you have two kids. Two amazing kids, you Wait, know, and, and most people when they say, Who are you meant to marry? It's like, Oh, I want someone who's funny. I want someone you just were looking for a, a connection I, to I don't Hawaii. Even, look, I don't that's a play me. I don't I want, even have any idea. Look how beautiful she is. Oh, like, that's why. It yeah. didn't have anything to do with Hawaii and her being a playmate. It was because you saw her and she's gorgeous oh, but, and but she wants to rescue puppies. Can you go to her Instagram? No, go to, can you you go to my Instagram. You too, by the way. You Thank you. Look, you look Thank you, next double to babies. her. You look fantastic. Does it bother you at all? No no jealousy that she is in, in, in Playboy and other people who are now listening to this are downloading Playboy pictures of your wife? I, I mean, maybe. Look over here to the right here. To the right? Look at this. Oh, she's stunning. This is, this is on Saturday. She just won Mrs. Queen of the World this weekend. Can you, no way. Are you, yeah. Are can you, you go go to the video? Slide over to the video so you can see, like. Let's see this. So look, like, and here's, here Play it the is. audio. Nah. We can't hear it. Our first runner-up. Oh, Mrs. Yeah. <laughs> New York. Yeah! So you're. You're married to the queen of the world? That's it. That's <laughs> it. stunning. Flew the whole family out Where there. was that? Where that is the in, queen of the world uh, pageant held? Uh, Morristown, Mars? New Jersey. <laughs> Morristown, New Jersey. The center of the world. That's it. <laughs> and what wow. an extraordinary experience. Look, look how happy your daughter looks. <laughs> I mean, they're, it's, they're, they're, they're in the chaos. Can I go I mean? home? Can I well, go home? Her mommy's a princess. Oh, and look at you with the white suit on. Matching with the sun. We went out and we did it big. Flew straight into Morristown, rented a Chrysler Pacifica, drove straight up the tarmac <laughs> to the hotel. It was a, an extraordinary weekend. So as the queen of the world. Brought Pat and Jean out there, my parents and my sisters there, brought everybody. 
That's fantastic. Because so, this is what it's about, experiencing life. You know what I mean? What is the duty of the queen of the world? Like, what is her, does she travel Well, as her reign, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. She's going to have to do a bunch of stuff. I don't know. It's great. And you though. said, you, you showed up this morning. You said you had had a rough night. You're, is your kid not feeling No, because well? we flew back yesterday and, you know, just to keep him, like, locked in, we just feed him full of snacks and an iPad, which he doesn't get when he's at home normally. So, you know, in the middle of this morning... When he was like screaming, Dad, Mama, I feel sick, and he was throwing up a little bit, and and oh. and then he's like, "Why are you, why are you up so early?" Uh, oh, yeah, no, we're germaphobes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is it? The oh, you just came uh, from hanging out with a kid oh. that's vomiting. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's okay though, right? It was just because yeah, of he snacks. was fine. He's fine. He he Does was that make he was you king of the instead. world, by the way. It, no, actually, it makes me Mister. Queen of the world. Mr. So Queen you're Mister uh, Queen of the world. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I know you're just kidding. Better, it's got a better ring to it. So though. what is next for Rob? What is like? You seem to be on this path, and this you have this energy of just moving forward and yeah. reinventing. So do you have your sights set on something? And can I be a partner? I, I mean, I mean, look. You know, it's like I'm I'm constantly evolving and growing i like to 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 think that i systematically evolve i i'm growing and evolving with a clear and deep purpose and and a lot of that has to do with if financial growth and business growth you know and i i think for me it's it's sort of a a really sophisticated way at curating ideas and entrepreneurs and then building them and funding them to profitability that then gives you the flexibility to scale and either be acquired or or continue to reap the rewards of building a successful profitable company how do i do that over and over and and now it's a matter of you know building the right businesses and then capitalizing them in the right way with the right founders, the right timing, right market, and just do that over and over again. Is there of, something right now that you've funded or that you're excited about that we don't know about yet? I, I don't, not, nothing, everything that I have is in market right now. You know, I have Mind Right, Good Mood, Superfood. I mean, Luso Cloud, I just did the $5 million Series A round of that one. I've put about $6 that? million. It's a, it's a footwear brand called, it's basically a comfort footwear brand, like essentially... Uh, you know, what I'd call more versatile sort of uh, ugly footwear, uh, comfort footwear. Why that, are you pointing at us? Uh, you got, are, are we wearing ugly footwear? You are. Yeah. You are. Uh, a We're comfort brand. You know what I mean? And so, if, but to give you an idea, between Crocs, Birkenstocks, and Uggs, that's $3.6 billion in revenue between just those three. So really what we set out to create was like, how can we make a more premium, just as ugly and comfortable <laughs> and durable to capture some of that market share but then we launched it with john buscemi and a bunch of like super fashionable cool footwear experts is and that in relation to steve buscemi it is not i, I think they're distant distant cousins but i don't think there's any direct relation bob, how about bob buscemi? maybe bob maybe bob <laughs> what shoes are you wearing today uh, these are just good old-fashioned nikes you know what i mean i wasn't prepared to come in so comfy as you guys so, Those are ugly shoes. Let me just say, they're so ugly, I'm glad they're on your feet. That's how ugly they are. Mine? Are you looking at Both me? Both of them. <laughs> uh, we love our Crocs. <laughs> um, so do you still consider yourself a skateboarder, or now do you see yourself more as like a businessman, entrepreneur? I, I mean, look, I, I'm when you're a skateboarder, you're always a skateboarder, you know? But it's a... Um, you know, I, I've had so many different lives. I mean, when you go from pro skateboarder to this level of TV, 
Um, but, but like I said, I started my first company at 17. I started, you know, 13 different companies before I built the Deerdeck machine, which is essentially a company that creates companies. And I've built 18 companies since launching it in 2016. So it's, um, at my core, I'll always look at myself as more of an entrepreneur and uh, you still entrepreneur skate? first, skateboarder second. I don't you, really skate at all. You know, my son's on me tough. Like, why don't you skate? You know, he's five. Right. And, and I'm like, you know, someday uh, when he eventually wants to skate, I would skate with him. But I, I, I've been spending the last few years really fixing my body from all the damage that I did from all the years of skateboarding and all the stunts that I did in Fantasy Factory. So I really wanted to like rebuild my body completely. So by the time my kids are older that I can spend the time running around with them without blowing a hammy. <laughs> Hamstring. I got it. I know no, what I know, a hammy is. I know. Well, you yeah. saw what happened to Tony Hawk recently. Oh, right? no, oh my it's God. Tragic. That's, that is. It's so, Did that happen after you, he was in here? Yeah. I got to be careful. Yeah. It's not us. Don't blame yeah. us. <laughs> For those we, that don't know. We talked about like, it a little yeah. bit last time you were in here, but you said you didn't finish school. So you didn't get all of this success from necessarily a traditional education. What advice would you give to your kids or other people that wanted to be Successful. Successful. But I mean, to me, it's like what I instill is the I'm trying to instill the joy of learning in my children. And that, mm-hmm. that life's greatest gift is that you get to learn, evolve, and, and grow. And so even I taught him how to fix the toilet, you know, and he was like, I can't, I can't fix, I don't know how, he was all scared. And then like finally showed him until he finally could figure out how, how he could do it himself. And when he did it himself, he's like, oh, yes, you know, and, and, and I'm like, you see that? Does he have That's a card? Because I need... Do you have a car? Card. Oh, your toilet's messed up? Yeah. His little hands could go to work for you quick. <laughs> uh, but I, it's just how do you just learn – how do you learn to love learning and, and look at it more from a, you can do anything in this life if you choose to learn it and grow and grow into it. And everything's hard at first until you make it easy, right? And right. so uh, to me, I'm living proof of like – the world that I've created and what I've grown into that you can become anything if you put in the effort to learn it. You know? I see you, you showed us the picture before you have sisters. Is that one, one, one sister, yeah. one sister and your parents are they, are they, they gotta be blown away now. Like yeah. I know you, t- you said it, it's funny that your mom said, why do you have to say you didn't finish school? And aren't you embarrassed yeah. about that? But they got to look at you and go, Oh my God. Yeah. This look, is, yeah. And it's funny. Cause it's like, you know, since I, you know, my mom sent me a text message about, you know, I'm so thankful that, for, you know, I'm really proud, you know, like from being there this weekend with them. Because I try to include them in everything that we do. They still in Ohio? Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, it's just important for, for me to continue to have those those experiences. And, and they are. I just think it's, it's beyond the level. Because you got to understand, even when, you know, probably 10 years ago I started, I paid um, – for my parents to retire, you know, and even then I had to pay one bit of money to down the center to pay for all the bills and then give them separate money. You or know? they're not together. Uh, no, they're together. But that's how like they didn't want to like they, they, I had to do it separately so that right. like my mom wouldn't complain that I'm going to keep working. Then your dad needs to keep working. And I'm like, he doesn't want to work. He wants to golf, you know, so I had to negotiate with them. But wait, 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 wait. How old are your parents? Uh, dad's 82. Uh, mom's 78. What business was your dad in? He sold suits. Wow. Suit salesman. A yeah. suit salesman. And did yeah. your mom work? She worked uh, as like a 
um, like a secretary in like a, a doctor's office. So when you say I want you to retire, how much money do you give somebody to retire? Well, I bought them a house, gave them 200 G's and then paid for like their, li- and then just pay for their lives, you know, then my, the same with my sister, I bought them a house. Your sister married? Then, yeah. And then just pay for, you know, pay for their lives, you know. Wait, she retired? No, she, she does real estate on the side, but I don't want, I don't want my immediate family. I don't want them to ever think about money ever, you know, and anytime, you know, my sister will complain about something. I'll just, you know, send her 50 G's and be like, you know, build a pool, whatever. My feet hurt. He's going to complain. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. (laughs) You know, because I mean, think about it. Immediate family. If you had had an amazing brother, he would take care of those feet. Yeah, you know, but but at the same, I, I just look at you. My you know, brother owes me nine bucks. What well, about your wife's family? You know, I I I would do any and and, and I, I I have actually you know done some side side giving to some people in her family, but I let I I, I let it run through her on what she's willing to do because sometimes you know, that can cause more friction than help. Yeah, and so I don't. Again, I would never. I I don't. You know, the way that our relationship is 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 just you know deeply like wide open and we are we have incredible communication and talk deeply about everything so it's like you know it's at i would do anything at any time for any anyone that she would want did Uh, you save a dog did you save a dog we did not we did not unfortunately (laughs) what what on the first date (laughs) man that's one of my one of life's great regrets you know then what did you do she was dog fished yeah you give a man a fish yeah. and they'll eat for a day you give them a a, a, a fishing pole yeah, and they'll yeah. say how the fuck am i gonna eat that yeah no that's that's true sometimes sometimes how you know you what been? i think we should do with lou you know every time he says something or gives a little piece of advice it should be like the more you know with like the star <laughs> the less you know yeah the le- it should be the less you know oh, man. the more you hear the less you know yeah. <laughs> The more you hear, the less you know. You've got to do that. Jeremy will build it. You are an amazing uh, guy. You really yeah. are. And you're really interesting. And you're, um, I, I think there's a, such a dichotomy between your public persona. Yeah. You know, I, I watch Ridiculousness because I love the, the funny clips. And you come off like a skateboard dude who was, uh, you know, like one of the jackass guys. And then I talk to you and yeah. there's so much. It's very surprising. I yeah. don't know if that's uh, a. Didn't you find that like when you showed up? I didn't expect. Yeah. Who you are? You also wrote a book. You're writing a book. Yeah. Yeah. Is the book book out? No, it'll take me a couple years to do it. Right. It's a philosophy that I want to stand the test of time, like think and grow rich, or the science of getting rich, or the richest man in Babylon. These sort of deeper philosophies that are fundamental that um, you could read over and over for hundreds of years and, and, and still be applicable. I did also hear from my husband, who I think knows Chanel, um, West Coast, that you are just like the most giving person in the world and that you really take care of not just your family, but all your friends and people that you are really close with. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And look. Was that a question? It wasn't a question. I'm just saying I did. It was a statement. It was a statement that I heard. Look, whoever's closest (laughs) to me is about to get 100 G's. (laughs) But no. look, hey, if, like, but you gave me, her to, a career, and yeah, and, yeah but, but it's it's the you know at the end of the day, it's like it's the greatest thing. You want to be able. I want to help as many people as I can in a direct and impactful way. You know what I mean? Like as opposed to, 
as opposed to like being, you know, like doing charity work, if you will. Like, you know, I, you know, I just like impacting lives and then the lives that are closest to me. I just don't want you to ever have to worry about money because like, you know, you is know, money the answer? Is it, money the answer? But but it's it's not the money's never the answer. But at the end of the day, if money kills your mind share and does not allow you to reflect and evolve and grow because you're constantly thinking or stressing about it it's going to deteriorate your health the quality of your life and ultimately your existence and so the people closest to me if i can alleviate that stress so they can put energy into like basically personal fulfillment and relationship fulfillment and the things that they can go out and spend that mind share that would have been stressing over money uh, in something productive towards making them happy. I'd rather that happen. doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to do that and not continue to fight other issues within themselves. But if I can al alleviate that one, which is fundamental to living – uh, to those closest to me, that's that's why I stay committed to that. When I Google Rob uh, Dyrdek's net worth, mm -hmm. it says uh, four hundred million. Is that, are you that happy? <laughs> 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 Look, it, it, let me tell you something about 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 net worth and money, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you, it, it's it's still the balance sheet of your existence, right? So if you spend a hundred grand a year and you have twenty million in the bank. You're going to be happy as a fiddle. You know what I mean? If you have $10 million in the bank and you spend a million dollars a year, you're going to be stressing, right? And then, then for me, it goes even further to then the type of assets that your money lives in and your worth is based in and because it really boils down to um, how much you spend, how much the way that you live and the, is connected to your identity and then how much you have supports that, right? It's like whenever that becomes – you don't ever want to be trapped by needing to do more. You want to do more as a, in in an effort to add to your legacy, your purpose, your passions versus like needing uh, to be able to maintain your lifestyle. So anybody, if they uh, find success and don't keep those balanced, they're going to get into trouble, you know. Because then you're doing stuff you don't want to do for money versus like your money working for the lifestyle that you've created, you know. Wow. So what's your view for your kids in teaching them about money? So you never want them to have to worry about money, and so you're going to support them and provide for them. But isn't it important that they learn then how to, like, manage their money and still understand Absolutely. finances no, and business? No, I'm, I'm teaching – I mean, I'm, I already teach – we talk about everything. He Like, as it relates to building a company, he's five years old. He's like, I got a perfect idea for a company. It's, <laughs> he's like, it's a pizza with honey and i'm like son that is genius that's how you have to think son and i'm like it's it's a big market share but it's a unique sort of uh a look at the space you could do your own thing what would you call it he's like delish honey and i'm like man that's actually a good name and i went and bought delishhoney.com it was available <laughs> and like i'm like man like and so to me I will teach every single aspect of money because it's like you can you still have to make a ton of decisions with money. Like, you know, for me, I like cash flowing real estate. 
right? I don't like owning public equities. I like investing in companies that I've started, I own, I totally understand. I like keeping a ton of cash. I keep five years of cash of my uh, lifestyle expenses. And then I have almost all of my money in a non-correlated cash flowing real estate, right? right? Because of all the, the tax benefits and everything to boot. But I... My lifestyle is never compromised in that system, but that was the system I created, right? And so I want them, whether whatever they um, do growing up, you have to look at your life through the lens of whatever you earn is post-tax, right? And then your expenses, and then what are your goals? You got to set a goal with money. If you don't have a goal with money and what you're hoping to achieve with it, that is sort of your own personal financial freedom, then you just kind of. Um, spend your life making a little bit more, saving some money here without without having a definitive pathway and end game, I, I think is just what most people most people don't ever take the time to design. They know? don't. And I always say to people, like they'll go, you know, people don't know what they can afford. You know, I want to buy a house. What do you think I can afford? And I'm always saying it's like fourth grade math. Yeah. You know, it really is. And people think there's more to it than there actually is. And there isn't. Yeah. And and I need I, I I don't think our school system, our education system, it, it doesn't teach what is important, what a mortgage is, what lending. Just, as soon as you learn what a percentage is, you know, you should, they don't uh, equate that to what we're going to use it in life for. Yeah. You know, oh. even math and calculus, I don't know how I use that, whereas I can. But almost you know, nothing in school teaches you and prepares you for how to live a fulfilling, high quality life. You know, because at the end of the day, you have to learn you know, sort of understanding yourself and the self-awareness to be able to even design the life that you want to uh, eventually lead because it's like anything else. Like if you don't design what happiness is for you you're, and create a pathway to get there, then you're just going to try all, all these little things hoping one of them is the answer when the answer is actually within you to design and then create the path to go and do it. And no, none of that thinking and, and, and especially as it relates to financial um, sort of like education and what your career is for and how all these things will lead to uh, giving you a balanced, happier life. I just think nothing in school teaches any of that stuff. You Robbie, know? you got to open up your own church of productivity in yeah. life. <laughs> no, you're an amazing, yeah. aspirational, inspirational, good human being who um, I accidentally got to know. I've been a fan of yours for years, a fan of your television show for years. And now, uh, you know, I think you're an amazing human being. And I can't thank you enough for being here and uh, letting us talk to you and kind of inspire. I, I would imagine that listeners are going to listen to this over and over and over again. This is an episode that um, you need to listen to and you need to listen to again and you need to learn from. And and that's what I, you know, I'm, I'm very proud that you were on here and you kind of expounded on our you know, a podcast because I'm going to tell people and and I, every day people go, I've got investments or I want to do things. I'll go listen to the Rob Drydick episode. <laughs> <laughs> dear, dear Dick. Yeah. Dear Dick. Dear Dick. Dear Dick. We can episode. show that picture again, but you're amazing. <laughs> I would love to, uh, in, in some way, you know, think of me. If you need investors in something, or I can if be. If you a, need someone to razzle dazzle people for you, you know who to call. Dad. I love yeah. selling. I love everything you're talking. You got a shoe to sell. Yeah, I'm your guy. Well, look at the. You said I'm wearing ugly shoes. I actually yeah, love yeah. my Crocs. I, I get it. I get it. The you're socks committed. Are ugly. <laughs> you're committed. <laughs> the socks are ugly. I'm wearing oh, white socks. So you're wearing ugly socks with ugly shoes. 
It's like a matching pair. We're dressed exactly the same, Dad. We're both wearing sweats. And yeah, I thought, I thought it was a daily thing. I didn't no, no. I we came thought. in today dressed badly, asking stupid questions. And thank you for being part of it. Uh, I want everybody to subscribe, to comment, to review, and uh, watch Ridiculousness. What, what else can we plug? If you love business, out. you can listen to my business podcast, uh, Build with Rob. It's uh, if you if you want to learn about how I I'm going to listen to it right this after this. Together. Yeah. I can't wait. All right, wherever podcasts are available, thank you and good night. Good night.